Welcome to a podcast of Wyoming Chronicle, where we tell the stories of Wyoming in a weekly program of interviews with newsmakers, artists, innovative thinkers, and unique Wyoming personalities. To learn more, visit us at wyomingpbs.org. The Wyoming Department of Health celebrated a major milestone for its healthcare facilities project with a ribbon cutting ceremony in Evanston at the newly modernized Wyoming State Hospital. Established by the Territorial Legislature in 1887, we'll take a look at the State Hospital with some of its history, its current vision, and its new facilities next on Wyoming Chronicle. Funding for this program is made possible in part by the Wyoming Humanities Council, helping Wyoming take a closer look at life through the humanities, thinkwhy.org, and by the members of the Wyoming PBS Foundation. Thank you for your support. And we welcome to you to this very special Wyoming Chronicle on the grounds of the Wyoming State Hospital in Evanston. I'm Craig Blumenschein with Wyoming PBS, and we're pleased to be joined by Bill Ryan, the superintendent of the State Hospital, and Stefan Johansson, who is a Wyoming uh, Department of Health Deputy Director and Workgroup Chairman. Thank you both for joining us. Thank Bill, you. I want to begin with you. This is a very special day with what we're celebrating here, really, as far as facilities go at the State Hospital. It is a very special day. I mean, I can only imagine all the work that uh, has gone into from the construction crew, which I don't see nearly as much of, but from the staff, there's been years of, you know, three years, four years of planning uh, that have just kind of intensified. And as we get closer to, to moving in, um, um, there's been a lot of extra work, especially for the clinicians and just deciding, you know, how they'll, they'll use the building. And um, it, it's, everybody's very pleased and very happy with, with the project. Stephanie, you've been involved in this project for what almost seven years now almost tell me the genesis of that yeah so this has been in the works the the actual needs assessment of this facility when it comes to the physical plant that started back in 2011 2012 uh, with with a needs assessment that was done from an architectural perspective and then a, a really uh, good process unfolded between the legislative and executive branch to set up a task force, knowing that the facility needed to be reconstructed, needed some improvements, set up a process to really answer a few simple questions. What's the role of the state with this population, with behavioral health in general, and what population should we serve at the state hospital and at the sister facility at the Life Resource Center? And that work between the two branches of government uh, started in 2014. And really, you see what uh, has culminated from that work today that we're cutting a ribbon. So it's a very exciting uh, moment in, in, in a tough year in 2020 to be able to celebrate something as a real accomplishment. It is, and especially, especially in Wyoming. Bill, you've seen now what has become almost the finished project here. There's a few more construction things here and there. What's your um, insight into how this facility has evolved and, and how it will serve the, the, the needed population here in Wyoming? Yeah, I think, you know, just briefly start with the, with the mission of the hospital. You know, what is this hospital here for? And, and uh, that's something that predated me as well, that people had already done a lot of thought about. But, you know, um, this hospital really is designed to deal with those individuals who have, you know, acute psychiatric issues, emergencies usually in the community, that uh, they need some pretty quick professional help. It's designed to 
uh, deal with their acute needs to, to try to figure out, you know, what's going on, what happened, begin the treatment process, um, and try to see what it would take to get that individual back in the community as soon as reasonably possible. So we've also got the professional discharge people uh, who try to work with communities and things. And when that crisis is over, um, when that acute phase is over and a person is stabilized, then you know the, the mission is to try to get them back into the community. Now that's just the civil side. Uh, Wyoming and this hospital also deals with the cr criminal forensic side which is in support of the criminal justice system, uh, the courts, and while individuals usually are going through their, their pretrial stages, um, um, the hospital receives people committed by the courts for trial competency evaluations, for criminal responsibility evaluations, and then uh, for the treatment, uh, if in fact somebody's not competent to stand trial or they're found, if you will, not guilty of reason of sanity or to lack criminal responsibility, uh, then there are those restoration and treatment processes that go on here. So, you know, the Wyoming State Hospital does some very specialized work, but what it does uh, impacts virtually every part of, of every community throughout the state. I mean, you're talking about, you know, local district hospital, you're talking about emergency services, you're talking about the community mental health centers, or you're talking about the, the law enforcement agencies, the courts, uh, the, the families uh, who are, you know, obviously going through a difficult time, patients. They're really, as I've told staff many times, you know, what you do here and how well you do things here, um, it, it just, it implicates uh, so many things that are going on in the community. And we either we're, we're helping the community, you know, or, or we're not. That's just, sure. just the reality of it. Bill, we hear often counties around Wyoming struggle with, with the fiscal resources of serving Title 25 committals. And the vision of what's happening here is going to help with that. Can you elaborate on that a sure. little bit? Sure. I, I think one of the things that um, uh, will, will help the most uh, is that in the facility we have now, I'll just take the civil side for a minute, those individuals who, you know, they're not committed any crime, but they psychosis or something has, has kind of incapacitated them to the point that they're, you know, likely to cause harm themselves or others if, if somebody doesn't work with them. We try to um, make sure that we work with the community hospitals and the community mental health centers and those kinds of things, that, that, that there are some things that are going on there that they're aware of, that there is... Um, that they're evaluating, uh, but the hospital itself, uh, there have been some, some handicaps with the old facility. One of those is if we had a lot of, of two bedrooms, and when you have two bedrooms, um, you have you know, gender issues. Uh, maybe we have some open beds, but we don't have a male bed or a female bed. Uh, you find some individuals who, because of the nature of their illness and, and, and you know, the acuteness of it, they can't really live with a roommate, you know, it, it, it just, you know, they're just not there to the point where they can, they can live with somebody else. So um, that has taken some beds just kind of out of the system when you have to have, you know, um, when you have the, the two bed rooms. Here, the concept and design was that they would all be single bed rooms. Uh, and so that just takes that out of the equation that you don't have you know, an empty bed you'd like to fill, like to get somebody out of the community or, or a, a hospital, but you just can't because of those, those, those handicaps. So that's one of the things that the, the new hospital was intended to deal with. And I think it will help increase that, uh, that load. And part of the vision, too, is longer term residents who are here today will likely end up in Lander 
after proper assessment, which will also free up space, if you will. Is, is that part of the vision? That's right, Craig, and it's an it's important part of the vision for this facility that uh, really that task force that I mentioned before um, under the former administration and the former administration of the health department uh, really developed a vision of what we call one facility with long streets. So it's not every population that's shared between the two facilities, but some of the ones that are, that are important to that mission are long-term care clients that are currently here at the state hospital who really have nowhere else to go. Private sector facilities either can't or won't uh, accept that type of clientele for various reasons. And the sister project that's going on in Lander at the Life Resource Center, uh, hopefully opening uh, next spring in 2021, uh, will be able to more appropriately and more suitably treat that population. That in addition to what Bill mentioned about just the physical plant increasing our capacity at the state hospital, that population being able to transition to the Life Resource Center and be served in a more appropriate environment will again free up capacity at the state hospital to allow it to function in its true mission, which is an acute psychiatric stabilization facility. Because essentially those long-term populations here in Evanston, they occupy short-term beds, which then has an upstream and a downstream impact on the communities, the counties that you mentioned, where folks are unable to, uh, attorneys and judges are unable to get uh, people out of emergency rooms, sometimes detention centers, in a, in a uh, short amount of time to get therapeutic treatment. And that's what we really hope to uh, improve over the, coming, uh, over the coming year when these two facilities, the Life Resource Center and the State Hospital, come online fully. Bill, it's apparent to me that the State Hospital, of course, has a tremendous impact on the community of Evanston. Let's talk about the, the, the statistics. How many employees are here? Well, we have 100 patients and somewhere in the neighborhood of 300 employees. Um, you know, but that, that's across clinical employees, maintenance employees, dietary employees, you know, the, the, whole, the whole gamut. I mean, when you look at a State Hospital, you're really looking at a little city. I mean, it, it, it's kind of, you know, self-contained self in terms of everything you need uh, has to be, you know, has to be there. Um, so it, the, the impact on Evanston, I think, is, is very great, both in terms of, of the jobs that are available here. And, and obviously, you know, I've got to, to know the staff here and um, I really do, in all honesty, think they're great. And they go back and they do contribute to their, you know, to what's going on in the schools and things, businesses and things in, in, in town. So, you know, any state hospital, uh, I guess I would say this, um, you know, an encouragement to, to Evanston, um, any, any county, any city that hosts a state institution, especially a state hospital, there are burdens that they have, that they have to bear. I mean, there, there, there is the economic impact, which is good, but there is also um, just the mere fact that, um, um, you know, the state hospital, um, you know, it, it, it does very important work, but it, you know, law enforcement sometimes, you know, are, are called in when things happen and, and ambulances are called in and we use a local community hospital. So, so it's a two-way street. I mean, we, we try to, to help them with, you know, payroll and with community service, and, and they certainly help us a lot with the, with the emergency services that, that Evanston is going to get called upon to provide right. simply because it's in their backyard. Generally speaking, are you able to recruit the staff you need to? Boy, it's, it's staffing is, is an issue. I'm, you know, I, I, could, um, I could talk about all day. Um, the, the short answer is overall, yes. I, I came from a hospital which was three times the size in another state. And 
we constantly had staffing staffing issues. Um, the Wyoming State Hospital is is much better, and I, I can give you a few examples. Um, this hospital, 105 beds, has three board certified psychiatrists, and and I, that's very rare for a hospital, even two or three times the, the size of this hospital. We have a number of master's level nurses who, who work here, which is not always easy for state hospitals to obtain. Uh, we have licensed psychologists. It's hard because those people are in so much demand. I mean, when I talk to people like surveyors who come through and whatnot, you know, they've told me that, you know, 15, 20 years ago, um, you know, the, um, um, there were just certain areas of, of the, um, um, of the country that had difficulty recruiting, and usually it was in kind of the more rural areas and whatnot, but they're saying now that even the coasts uh, are having that. So we're always in competition. It's never easy, but um, Wyoming State Hospital has done a good job in, in that. And I, I think the other thing is, I even see this, I see this building and I see the new mission, which was enunciated. Um, as being a recruitment tool. I mean, who would not want to come and work uh, for a state that obviously has shown this kind of commitment to, uh, to mental health, um, a brand new facility. Uh, and uh, so I, I think this is a recruitment tool. I think it will make that a little bit easier, but you know, yes, there, there are always pressures and, and, and they, they change. Maybe for a while we have a little trouble with you know, forensic psycho psychologists and maybe another time we have trouble with others uh, so, you know, we're always recruiting. Sure. We're always looking for talent. Go ahead, Sam. Craig, if I could add to that, because uh, Bill is a little bit modest. Um, in addition to my work on this project for the past several years and, and with the department, I've had the, the privilege really over the past uh, year, a little bit more than a year, to oversee the state hospitals operations and directly supervise Bill. He might not think that's a, a great thing, but uh, it, over the past year, in anticipation of knowing we were going to turn this new facility on, we worked both internally and with the legislature to develop a staffing plan that would allow us to operate at full capacity. And I think that you're talking, that's important to note, that's not just today, this is down the road. Absolutely, and uh, to the question of can we, and we get it all the time, how are you gonna staff this facility with an increased capacity in a place like Evanston? And no doubt about it, it is a challenge. With the fiscal challenges Wyoming's undergoing. With the fiscal challenges, it, it is going to be a challenge uh, no matter what to, to recruit the staff that we have here. But on the optimistic side, over the past year, I have seen great progress under Bill's leadership on some of the things we've pushed on with nurse recruitment and retention, CNA recruitment and retention. And it's not perfect, but we've really moved in a positive direction to the point where for the first time that I've ever seen since being here, uh, we were full on nurses, no vacancies a couple of months ago. Now that fluctuates. Sure. We were full on CNAs just a couple of months mm -hmm. ago. And it, I think it really is, to Bill's point, uh, something that we can shoot for and I think we can hit, knowing that it's gonna be a challenge to, on, on an ongoing basis, recruit the appropriate staff. Well, Bill, to you and your staff, this is a major milestone for the department and, and to you too, Steph. And so we're celebrating today and, and I wanna just um, extend to you my, my sincere congratulations and best wishes. Every, every single staff member will, will be delighted to hear that and thank you very much. You're sure we welcome. Appreciate that. Thank you both for joining us on this special Wyoming Chronicle. And we also want to continue the discussion with two legislators who have been involved in this project for a long time, Representative Bob Nicholas and Representative Lloyd Larson. Stay with us. 
And as we continue this special Wyoming Chronicle on the grounds of the Wyoming State Hospital, it's our pleasure to be joined by Representative Lloyd Larson, Representative Bob Nicholas, both members of the State Health Facilities Task Force. Welcome, and thank, thank you, you for joining us on Wyoming Chronicle. Nice to see you here. This has been a project that um, has been ongoing, not quite for a decade, but for quite a, a long time. When did each of you recognize the need for maybe a new vision within the Department of Health on how um, folks with mental disabilities, whether they be mental health issues or developmental disabilities, needed to be um, um, kind of revisioned, I guess, from the state of Wyoming. Representative? When I came into the legislature, I was assigned to the Labor and Health Committee. And at that time, uh, we had uh, facilitated a report on the conditions of our state facilities. As a result of that, in 2014, we created a governor's task force on the state health facilities to determine what the needs were, what they were for, and that's really when, since, when I become involved with this project. And as we've seen the, the physical conditions of the state's assets and the, uh, the various state facilities, we've seen at that time that it was necessary to do some changes and some improvement. And that's really when we started doing some legislative efforts and, and created this, the legislative task force to um, address appropriations and design and construction of these facilities. And there was really some thinking that even was began way back then on maybe a little different vision on how Wyoming will care for the, those who really have critical need. <clears throat> Part of the, um, the, of the health department task force and study was what is the proper means and methods to accommodate and to treat the clients that, um, that end up being um, placed here, either involuntary or voluntarily. And what's the best uh, state-of-the-art environment um, what our obligations are as, as, you know, as human beings, if you will, to how to treat folks um, with special needs like this. And as part of the, the original task force and, and the legislative task force, um, we went to Montana, we went to Oregon and, and various other um, sites to, to find out what the state of the art uh, mechanisms were. We retained experts um, in the field, um, came back from, from back east, um, to help the design and the process and what, you know, how you deal with legature risks, you know, people who are risks to themselves, the type of treatment that they require, the type of facilities that's necessary. Um, and it, it was a very long process. So, um, like Lloyd, um, I started in 2014 when we created the, the State Facilities Task Force to, to evaluate um, the whole process and to, to retain experts to come in and teach us what we need to do and, and how we need to build it. And there's an ongoing project, of course, in Lander at the Wyoming Life Resource Center, formerly the Wyoming State Training School. That's part of really what we are enjoying here today in the celebration of this new facility here in Evanston. So an interesting conversation took place in the government's task force before we created the legislative one, where the director of uh, the Department of Health, who at that time was Tom Forslund, we had a had a group of us together, health officials, legislators, and he says, let's just throw everything outside. Don't worry about budget. Don't worry about constitution. What is the role of state government in taking care of these people, and how would we do it if we, if we could just start completely over? Which I think was a very innovative way of looking at because it, it shed the traditional means and methods of, of the way that we looked at the population served, where they're served, and whatnot. We said, well, if we were, if we could start over in an unadulterated world, we would 
probably build one facility, take care of all of the state's needs someplace centrally in Wyoming, perhaps Casper, perhaps some other place. But then you put the constitution in place that says the state hospital is in Evanston. You look at the impacts that the uh, retirement home has on Basin, that the Life Resource Center has in Lander, and, and the ability to recruit people there, that's when you started formulating the plan that you that we now have, which is that the how we take care of people who are at the state hospital and at the Life Resource Center are under one roadmap, and it's kind of one facility with a long hallway between Lander and Evanston. And so people will come here, and it, depending on the diagnosis, it may be a commitment to Title 25 or Title 7, or it may be somebody that's come from a nursing home that has dual diagnosis and really shouldn't be in the state hospital, but could be transported to Lander and would be accommodated in the new skilled nursing facilities that we are building there. And at that point, the mission is that there's an exit strategy. We're the safety net. If we can get people on correct medications, if we can correct their diet, if we can correct behaviors, then bring them back into the community, which is the least restrictive environment. So that's kind of the, the model that we've designed for, for these. <clears throat> what we found when we examined part of the population of, of who was residing here, there was 15 to 30 different individuals that literally um, didn't belong here. They, they may have been put here, uh, you know, through a, either a Title 25 or Title 7, but their needs weren't being addressed um, by this facility. So this was basically be turning it into an old folks home for the folks that were um, unstable, but they, they weren't at risk to themselves, they weren't at risk to the state, and yet there was no other place to put them. Um, so. You, you examine what we we're doing and I said, well, we, we've got to fix it. We're going to rearrange it, um, redefine the mission of this particular facility and redefine the mission for the Wyoming Life Resource Center and make them work together um, in a more economical, more appropriate manner and, and, and treat people better as, as part of, of, of how we take care of our, our special needs folks. And we were fortunate enough, you know, this was 2014, 2015, that we had some excess revenues. So we were able to um, grab some of those, because uh, this became basically the first priority for the health department and then, uh, then by the, the legislature to fund these two new buildings. And since 2014, the combined project is roughly 160,000, 160 million, mm -hmm. maybe slightly more than that. Um, so it's, it's, it's an amazing project, um, what we've done, and it's a, it's a service to the people of Wyoming and to the people that here and to the people that work here and to take care of the people the way we should. So. And we're a few hours away from really celebrating that in a, in a, in a ceremony, right, yeah. but each of you have, have toured this now several times. So here we are today. What's going through your mind on the actual facilities and how it has come to fruition? To me, it's a, it's a center of grat gratification because in light of all the, the coordination that's gone through, starting with Governor Meade, who was very, very supportive, moved to Governor Gordon, who's been very supportive, gone through two presidents of the Senate, a couple of speakers, three speakers of the House of Representatives, who have all engaged in supporting this effort for the citizens of the state that this will serve. It's very gratifying to see that type of coordinated effort to get this type of project done and this is a culmination. This is a celebration. We're just, we're thrilled about what's 
what we've accomplished. Our, the interior of the facilities and our viewers have seen now some of the, mm -hmm. the B-roll that we've shot. That what you had in mind maybe eight, eight years ago or so? We didn't know, we didn't have anything in mind. <laughs> I mean, we went with the Department of Health to learn what it needs to look like. And honestly, um, so, so Lloyd's has been the chair of, of the committee, but this committee meets typically once a month um, for the last two and a half years. And so we, we go to Lander, we go to, to Evanston, we have meetings, we meet with the architecture, the architects, with, with the designers, and so we tour this every single month, and we've done it um, now for two and a half years. And it's, it's just amazing that we're finally here. And so we're proud of it. Um, is it perfect? Well, we don't know. Um, but it's the state of the art, and it, it's, what we're, it, it's a, a nice sense that we're fulfilling the obligation that uh, when, when we started this out, and that uh, and we've had lots of issues with different things over time, sure. and we're constantly um, battling new different issues in terms of the contracts, in terms of costs, in terms of staffing, all the things that take place to, to operate a facility like this. And it's, a, it's very gratifying. So I think in the design of this, it was, it's very gratifying because we, we uh, retained, we, we reached out nationwide to find people who had experience with psychiatric facilities. There's not a lot of them. Um, HOK out of St. Louis was the architect of design and they were in coordination with A+, A -plus. Out, of, out of New York and they, those two have, have helped us. And the first thing they'd done in the design of this project is we went to, to Lander, Life Resource Center, we, and we brought all of those, that staff in. Likewise here in Evanston, we brought all the staff here and says, how should this look? This wasn't a design that was created in St. Louis. It was a design that was created in Evanston, Wyoming, from the people that work with the people that reside here and are treated, and said this is this would serve us much better for for a pharmacy. This would serve us much better for a nursing station. They would bring in ideas because they have broad expertise in these type of facilities, but it was done really in consultation with the people that had their that were employed and administrating in that. And I just was very pleased with that effort to include local input. My recollection is it took roughly a year and a half to go from <laughs> the public meetings and working through the designs of both, both facilities, you know, month after month, the recommendations, suggestions, come back at two months later with the new designs, new, uh, updates from the architects, um, and just and rehash it over and over again. Um, and it was, it was a long process, um, but very um, open-armed, all public, um, everyone was invited. And uh, so it was a group effort to just to, to do the best job we could. We, In we, fact, they excluded administration. They didn't want administration there. They wanted, <laughs> they wanted the staff mm -hmm. there, whether it's janitorial, groundskeeping, mm -hmm. to have their input. their input unfettered. We have just about a minute left, but I think a, a, a rational question that's on many people's mind going through the budget crisis that Wyoming's going through. You each, um, you're the chairman of the Joint Appropriations Committee, Representative Larson is on that committee. Can the state afford now to operate this correctly into the future? Well, it's our fundamental obligation to do it. Um, and so the answer is yes. Um, and each one of us, each citizen of the state of Wyoming, um, you know, our duty is to take care of those um, who can't take care of themselves. It's our first fundamental obligation. So we'll do it and we'll do it right. And I think everyone will step up for a situation like this. 
um, in a place like this and do our best to, to operate. Well, we were very pleased over the last two days to have um, great access to the work that's now been accomplished here today. And I agree with both of you. This is something the state can be very proud of. So thank you both for taking yeah. a moment uh, to join us on this special Wyoming Chronicle. Thank you. Thank you. Funding for this program is made possible in part by the Wyoming Humanities Council, helping Wyoming take a closer look at life through the humanities, thinkwhy.org, and by the members of the Wyoming PBS Foundation. Thank you for your support.